Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Amen. God is good. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made, and we're rejoicing. We're glad in it. Father, we come for no other reason but to worship you, to praise you, for you are good, and your mercy endures forever. We enter your course with praise. We give you praise and thanksgiving. We're your people called by your name to give you praise and honor. Lord, we thank you for, Lord, the singers, Lord God. We thank you for the preaching. We pray you have your way in everything that happens in this service today. Thank you for everyone here today. Thank you for those yet on the way. Father, we pray that, Lord, souls will be saved. We pray, Lord God, that the saved will be encouraged and strengthened. We ask that you meet needs in our lives. And God, we know that you're able to do exceeding abundantly of all that we can ask or think because that's how good you are. You are God and you are God alone. We praise you. We praise you. Give you all the glory and all, your, and all the honor. Have your way. And when it's said and done, we're going to give you all the praise, honor, and glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Good morning, Resurrection! Woo! Oh, no, 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 no. It's you, Sunday. You got to come with more energy than that. Good morning, Resurrection! Oh, you ought to stand to your feet like you're glad you're able to. You ought to stand to your feet like God has given you the activities of your limbs. You ought to raise your hands like you're glad God has given you the activities of your limbs. You ought to give God a hand clap of praise because you're glad that you're able, because you're glad that he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask or think. Who came to praise the Lord this morning? Ah, oh, you fooling me, you fooling me. I said, who came to praise the Lord this morning? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Great I Am. He's worthy of all the praise. Yes, amen. He is. Yes, he is. Amen. 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 Listen, listen. If this is your first time here, I want you to take a moment right now. Uh, just take out your phone if you're here in person or watching online and text the word guest, G U E S T, to 830 we just want to hear from you. We want to thank you for joining us on today. We realize you could have gone anywhere, but you're here with us. And so we just want to thank you for worshiping with us on today. And this is a special day because it is Youth Sunday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you, I was at the first service, the beginning of the first service, and they, uh, they, they come to worship today. So y'all better get ready. Y'all sound kind of sad today. Y'all sound real down today. I know you still hurting because Colorado lost. I know, I know. It got beat pretty bad. But let me tell you what, even though they lost, you still got the victory. Oh, you don't believe it. Even though they lost, I still got the victory. Jesus won it all when he died on that cross. Let me say it one more time. You've got the victory. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. 
I'm sorry, I can't, I can't pass it to them because y'all not, not ready yet. Y'all didn't come to praise God this morning. I guess God didn't do anything for you. I guess God didn't do anything for you this week. I guess God didn't carry you through the week. God didn't keep you over the highways and byways. God didn't keep you from going crazy on your coworkers or your boss. God hasn't kept your marriage. God hasn't kept your health. Some of you got masks on, but you're not in the hospital. God has our children up here ready to worship the Lord. Come on, who came to praise the Lord this morning? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord from the rising of the sun until the going down of the same. His name is worthy to be praised. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. My soul shall make a boast in the Lord and the humble shall hear thereof. Anybody ready to praise the Lord? Come on, praise him like you got the victory. Come on, you.
your name. Every knee will bow, every tongue confess that you are, you are Lord. Come on, let's say at the mention.
just hear something ringing. Oh my God. Let it go on record in heaven that you came to praise the Lord on today. Now act like you know, come on, get out of your seat and put your feet on it. give God some hand, a hand of praise for these children today. Amen. Amen. That's all right. What's, what's your name? Joshua. This is Joshua, y'all. Amen. How, how old are you? 14. He's 14 years old. And as you can see, God is still gifting. God is, y'all, history is being made right here, right now. You, you need to keep your eyes on this young man. Amen. It's an unusual anointing on his life. I want you to stretch your hands out toward these young people right now, all of them. Azaria, come here. Azaria, Azaria. Yes. We prayed for her. She's been in and out the hospital. Doctors had stopped working. They said they couldn't do no more. They had given up three or four times, but she's here right now, giving God praise, amen. Come on and come on, come on, come on, give God some praise, give him glory, amen. To all these young people, amen. Come on, mama. Where's your mother? Amen. Come on. Let's go to God in prayer right now. Father, we thank you right now for this precious privilege for these young people right now who are on this stage, those even in the audience. And we pray for all of our children right now, Lord. We lift them up before you. We don't take it for granted that you've given this church stewardship over their lives. Lord, help us not to miss it. An opportunity 
to allow them to grow in your grace to allow them to mature we thank you for healing Lord the doctors can perform the surgery but only you can bring the healing we thank you for your anointing Lord we thank you for your gifts we pray for this young man right now Joshua we pray for these children all of them put a hedge around them protect them for hurt harm and danger and as they return to school whatever they are surrounded by I pray that it would not affect them let them make right choices and then Lord if they make wrong choices I pray that you would grab them and keep them and help them to remember that they are saved by your grace in the name of Jesus touch their households let no harm come upon them in the name of Jesus and we'll be careful to give your name the praise touch this congregation empower us with the tools that we need to meet every single need in Jesus name we pray let the church say amen come on and give God another praise thank you so much hallelujah thine the glory Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. Revive us again. I give your God a hand praise of Come on, give him a hand of praise. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Wow, that was just, that was, mm, 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 mm. that was something. Amen. Amen. That was something. I'm going to need somebody to open this. I got one hand. Amen. That I can't, um, amen. There you go. Appreciate it. Mm, mm, mm. I don't even know how to transition, y'all. I don't know how to, um, yeah, don't be tempting me. Don't be tempting. Who, who said that? Amen. I, I got some work to do. Amen. I don't want y'all to get out of here. Amen. There is a word from the Lord. I do want to remind you before we get started about the Women's Emphasis Weekend this October 7th and 8th. Amen. Amen. We've got some things planned for you. Amen. I need all of the women just to, in our church, I want all the women in our church in this, in this service I should say to stand wherever you are. All the women in this service, all the women. Doesn't matter if you're a member or not. Come on, men. Let's give them some love right now. Amen. As you can see, as you can see, you take women out of the church. No wonder y'all were the first ones at the tomb. Amen. Y'all may be seated. Amen. You may be seated. And then yet we got the nerve to not want to let women lead. In ministry there must have been a man that said thought something like that amen amen they do a good job amen we thank God for each and every one of you we want you to be empowered we want you to be blessed on your emphasis weekend men did a good job amen amen we commend the men they did a good job but you ladies oh no y'all amen you sisters amen we thank God for each and every one of you we, listen Listen, before I, before, I, before I shift gears, let's thank God for the parents of these young people. Amen. 
Amen. I am so grateful that you would trust us with your children. I'm going to say this, and i got to be careful what I say because I know that things get, you know, we are so, our feelings, are, we get hurt by, you know, we take things and we want to, I don't know who's in here who might post something, but I get phone calls all the time, people asking us, what kind of church are we? Are we a this friendly church and that friendly church? And you can put this and that wherever you want to. But no matter what we are, we are a children-friendly church. I want the children to feel safe. Amen. And let me just say this. We are friendly to everyone. And I'm not here to even judge. Now watch this when I say this. I'm not a judge of your lifestyle. That is between you and God. Wait. But I will preach the gospel uncompromised. I'm not changing my theology. Amen. Hold on. We got sinners and saints in this place. And before you start trying to judge somebody else. You know, I'm not that kind of preacher that tries to call out groups. Because there's one that you fit in too. And if I call out your group, I got to call out everybody's group. I don't have no group. <laughs> Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's, that's, how we, that's how we talk. You know, we don't have a group. Amen. I, I do have a group. I do have a group. I, I'm going to tell you my group. I, my name is Ray Brown. I'm a sinner saved by God's grace. Anybody been saved by the grace of God? That's my group. And all I'm trying to do, all I'm trying to do is, is fulfill the assignment that God has on my life. Um, amen. While I'm here on earth. And that's what I've caught, been called to do, um, to empower you to do that. Listen, there is a word from the Lord today. There are t-shirts available for you as we conclude this series of sermons. I'm a name dropper. Um, you can uh, get, pick up your shirt. I told the other campus it was free and went out in the lobby and they looked at me and said, I don't know who gave you that information. So obviously all I do is preach on Sundays. I can't set the <laughs> standards for all that stuff. But um, I do encourage you to get one. I met people who were doing a series not long ago on um, Don't Stop. And I've seen people wearing that T-shirt different places. I didn't even know who they were. And I said, that is a nice shirt. They said, yeah, we wearing it at Resurrection. I said, really? I said, so who's the pastor? I said, this guy named Ray Brown. I said, mm, I heard about him and just kept on walking. <laughs> then I looked back and he was like, <laughs> amen. So we do appreciate you sharing even after this service is over with. Continue sharing the word. Won't you stand on your feet today as we read the word of God? Father, we thank you for this privilege of being able to preach your word. It's an honor. It's a, certainly a privilege. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We conclude this series. I'm a name dropper, and we want to travel now to the textual territory of a very familiar passage in the book of Psalm, number 23. We call them numbers because they are literally songs. 
Psalm 23, and I like to read into your hearing verses 1 through 6 from the New King James Version of the Bible. Let's listen now for a word from the God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my haters. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. You may be seated. And as you're taking your seat, we want to drop this next name, Rohi. Say, Rohi. The Lord is my shepherd. Say that with me. The Lord is my shepherd. Say, Rohi. The Lord is my shepherd. Growing up on the east side of San Antonio, Texas, one of my favorite television programs was Superman. I loved Superman. Superman could turn any dire or desperate situation into a heroic rescue with strength and finesse. As I grew older, Superman's story was translated into movies and films. I saw several of them. One I can particular movie of Superman I saw in which a man was trapped in an inferno. Superman would swoop in as he would always do and rescued this man from certain death. Later as they were flying across the sky he's taking the man home and the man is trembling in fear. Superman asked him what's wrong and the man said I'm afraid. He said why are you afraid? I'm up here with you and if I fall I'm gonna die. And his concerns seemed legit, but in response, Superman asked in the movie, do you think I have the power to save you from fire, but not enough power to safely take you home? This illustration, my friends, graphically reflects a similar but profound truth. Some of us have trusted God to deliver us from destruction, depression, despair, and disappointment, and yet we're not sure that the Lord can safely take us home. We believe that God can take care of eternity, but we don't have much confidence in God to take care of destiny. We affirm that God can take us to heaven, but we're not sure that God can keep us on earth. And if I'm triggering anything in you, if I'm ringing your doorbell, I want you to know that this next name for God is just for you. What kind of thing you're enduring, what burden you're carrying, what storm you're weathering, if you can just remember the Lord is. You don't have to be a super saint. You don't have to be a Christian that wears the big cross and has all kind of religious symbols on your bumper sticker and all that. If you can just remember the Lord is, you can make it. The name of God translated Lord in this verse is Jehovah. Say Jehovah. I am that I am. The Hebrew word for shepherd here in this 
word is rohai. Say rohai. R-O-H-I, rohai, in English means to shepherd, to tend, to pasture. This psalm is attributed to Israel's greatest leader, King David, who perhaps recounting in his early years as a shepherd saw the omnipotent hand of God. Long before David became a monarch, he was assigned to the meager position of police and patrol of the sheep pen by his father, Jesse. Here is a pivotal intersection that he pulls out his previous job description, his previous job description to depict and describe his relationship with God. And in doing so, as he's reflecting over his previous job description, he creates this priceless piece of poetry. Whether you live in the city or whether you are here in the suburbs of Shirts and Cibolo and Universal City or Converse, everybody knows that it's the job of a shepherd to take care of the sheep. That's the first stop on our journey to a discovery today. Shepherds care. Say shepherds care. Some people uh, look to a variety of things and sources to take care of them. Some people look to their money. They look to their power. They, some look to their relationships. Others look to their success, to privilege, to position, or their network. Perhaps what's worst of all, many people look to themselves to take care of their own well-being. I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. But that's not the posture of this poet. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I need somebody to release themselves from themselves. Can I set you free real quickly? Just look at your neighbor and say, the Lord has taken care of me. I, 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 I know that you think you've been doing a good job on your own, but you've been kept. Because he's a keeper. In fact, that ought to be your testimony right now, that he's taking care of me. Notice that David uses the present tense. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. He doesn't say that the Lord was. <laughs> I think this is going to shout you real quickly. He's, by positioning this action in the present tense, he's acknowledging that the care of God for him continues. Or in other words, God is taking care of me right now. I, I think I just said somebody, that's somebody's testimony. You being quiet. But, but, but notice, notice that David uses also the personal pronoun my. In other words, he's letting us know right up front that his relationship with God was personal. What a wonderful thing in life to arrive at a place and a point where you can talk about God in a personal way. Because it's one thing to know that God is a healer. But it's another thing to know that God is my healer. That young man that was on stage, he didn't plan that. He didn't, he didn't try to mimic that. that it, it's one thing to know that God is a way. But it's another thing to say that God has made a way for me. And this songwriter was talking from personal experience. The songwriter understood not only God's interest in the collective, but God's care for each individual. Y'all, we often skim past those five words without fully grasping all that's contained in them. And yet, if we just take the time to examine them slowly, we begin to realize what a potent proclamation they comprise. The Lord is a personal shepherd a right here 
and right now, on time, God. Moved by those five words, the songwriter then begins to expound and explain the various ways that a shepherd cares for their sheep and by implication how God cares for you and me. I just want to take a stroll through this song real quickly that you, we are all so familiar with. Here it goes. The Lord is my shepherd. And then he adds, I shall not want. Now I got to pause again. In other words, the Lord is his shepherd. The Lord who is his shepherd provides. All his needs are covered. I'm going to shout hallelujah for you because you missed yours. He's covered. Even without liberty, 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 he's covered. He doesn't need progressive, he's covered. Without all state, he's still in good hands, he's covered. In fact, somebody can rejoice because what is true of every good and faithful servant is true also of God, that God has us comprehensively covered. You ought to just tell your neighbor real quickly, I'm trying to be nice in church, but you're on my row and you're on my seat. And pastor told me to say this. Look at him and say, God has me covered. Ah, and that's the second stop on the journey of discovery because shepherds care and shepherds cover. That's number two. Jeremiah 23 and 4, God promises to provide good shepherds for his people with the result that they shall fear no more, nor shall they be uh, lack anything. God provides. God covers. Ezekiel 34 and 2, God explains what a good shepherd does. Now, here's how you can tell you in the right church. In case you're not a member of this one, if you're not connected here, but here are the things that if this was not for you, I understand. This ain't for everybody, but if this one is for you, you can understand. I gave it to you. Here it is. Straight, no chaser. Good shepherds feed the flock. Good shepherds strengthen the weak. Good shepherds heal the sick. Good shepherds bind up the broken. This is according to the Bible. Good shepherds, shepherds bring back the strays. Good shepherds seek the lost and there's still more because John 10 and 11, Jesus says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. How many shepherds do you know of any kind today are willing to invest their lives in developing, protecting, and providing for a group of sheep? Because the question metaphorically has and continues to even shape my ministry right now. I was asked early on as a pastor, some 33, uh, back now, uh, then uh, I was asked, uh, after 33 years, I understand now, but I was asked, are you willing to invest your life there? That's been 33 years ago. I didn't know how to answer then, but now I think I have the answer. Shepherds care. Shepherds cover. I'm going to give you this one for free. This ain't even one of the major points, but shepherds got to have thick skin. Wise as a serpent, but humble as a dove. I didn't know what that meant back then. Uh, shepherds, shepherding requires a lot of sacrifice. And that's a word for anybody, any would-be preacher who's here or pastor who's here listening to this word. You might be streaming on the stream. It's not about whether you can posture on the podium, but can you persevere in the pen? Anybody can stand behind this desk and, and make people uh, be stimulated emotionally, but can you really get down in the dirt? 
ultimately Jesus Christ is the greatest shepherd he's the one we need to imitate because he gave his life for all of us but in order for Christ to be our shepherd we must be willing to first recognize ourselves as sheep somebody ought to say <laughs> it's a hard concept even as the shepherd of this flock I'm, I'm a sheep we are, his, we are the sheep of his pasture. And this is harder than we think it is. Especially when you know what sheep are, what sheep do. Shepherds don't tend wolves or dogs. They got to tend sheep. And until and unless you can see yourself as a lamb, you will never experience everything that the good shepherd has for you. Now, can I just lean in right here for just a moment? Because it is harder than you think. Let's, lamb, let me give you some lamb lessons. Lamb lesson number one, lambs are not smart. That was a very intelligent way of saying what I said. If one lamb starts walking around in a circle, another will shortly begin to follow it. And then another and the whole flock will start walking in circles while they're thinking that they're going somewhere. You've never seen a lamb trainer in a circus. I'm going to see if anybody has. I mean, you've, you, you've heard of lion trainers. You've, you've heard of seal trainers. You've heard of elephant trainers. They can teach these animals to respond to human commands, but you've never heard of a lamb trainer. Lambs don't roll over on command. Slow your roll, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Lambs don't jump through hoops. They don't sit up with their front legs in the air. And here's the reason why. They lack, they lack the aptitude to be trained. They are not smart. No wonder the Bible says... Isaiah 53 and 6, all of us, like sheep, lamb, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. Hallelujah. <laughs> lamb lesson number one, lambs are not smart. Lamb lesson number two, lambs are defenseless. Look at your neighbor and say, they can't fight. They are easy prey for an enemy. When any predator approaches them, they've already lost. I mean, they, they are completely defenseless. They lack the ability to fight back, and somebody ought to grab that because it applies to us. We are defenseless. Lambs are not smart. Lambs are defenseless. But here's lamb, lesson number three. Lambs can't clean themselves. They have a thick wool, a coat of wool. And as you realize, when you've got that much wool, it collects dirt and debris. It holds in sweat. And they need to be cleaned 
because they have no natural way to clean themselves. I'm going somewhere. Lamb lesson number four. Lambs are dependent. They have to be led. They have to be clean. They have to be led if they're going to get anywhere at all. Lambs are directionally challenged. They don't know which way to go. Or even if they are to go at all. David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He's talking about the need for direction, for protection, for hygiene, and overall being, y'all. And it don't stop there. And he says, because I am like a sheep that needs to be led by a shepherd, he makes me lie down. Woo! You missing this. Don't listen. That's the third stop on our discovery. Shepherds care, shepherds cover, but shepherds control. Because he shifts from a recognition of who God is to a recognition of what God does. What does God do? He makes me lie down. This is the shepherd's work of restoration. When the tire of your soul has gone flat, when your get up and go has got up and went, when your spirit has a slow leak that is deflating your joy, you need restoration. And here's how it happens. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Y'all need to hear this. Keep in mind that the passage doesn't say God asks me to lie down. It doesn't say God suggests to me to lie down. No, God makes you lie down. God puts you in a situation where you have no other option but to look and lean on God completely. And some of us know what it is for God to make us lie down. I don't even need this. I'm in somebody's I'm in somebody's business right now. Is there any witnesses here today? And those of you who ain't witnessing, maybe that's the reason why God hasn't changed the situation you're in. Because God is waiting for you to relinquish your rebellion, to let go of your self-sufficiency, and let God lie you down. I need some parents and some grandparents that have had to deal with children who you had to tell it's time to get a nap. And, and, and even though they're children, they like to manipulate, they like to stall. You can see that they're tired, they're wiping their eyes, but you got to make them lie down. And when you make them lie down, it won't be long before they fall asleep. God is keeping you right where you are until you learn how to rest in God and release it to God, declaring your total trust in God and your total dependence on God. Can I go further? Because whenever God makes you lie down, you discover what David discovered, that God chooses the greenest of pastures for your rest. I, I, I said I wasn't going to get happy, but okay, hold on. Because when God lies you down, he lies you on the softest mattress. Fluffiest pillows. Green. Have y'all read that? God longs to see you rest. You can't rest when your mattress is jacked up. Anybody ever been to a hotel and you say, oh my goodness. Call front desk. Yeah, could y'all send me some more pillows? 
You need rest. You need to recover. You need to be renewed. You need to be revived. And it says he makes me lie down, but he also leads me beside still waters. Still waters. Why still waters? Because lambs are timid and they're so timid they won't drink if the water's moving. Did you hear what I just said? If a shepherd is unable to locate still water for his sheep, then he takes a rod and he carves a small channel so that some of the running water will flow into a spawn of still water where the lambs can drink. And as we rest in Jehovah Rohi, our shepherd, the Lord, our shepherd, leads us into environments that we can handle. Some of y'all wonder why you can't go certain places. God is putting you in places that you can handle. And in that place, the Lord provides you with all the elements of your restoration for your revitalization, for your revival and your recovery. Because you and I both know that just like our phones and our digital devices, our batteries can be drained. We too, y'all, can be drained from the challenges of life. Don't y'all know that life can drain you? I mean, when you leave church today, you got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday just to get back to church so that you can get some of this stuff off you that you got in you from all the week. Listening to this and listening to that. Family can drain you. Friends can drain you. Co-workers can drain you. Work can drain you. School can drain you. When you look at your paycheck and see that you got more month than you got money, that can drain you. And you got to get some, the challenges of life can drain you and your soul. No wonder the clock sister said, my soul needs a resting. Soul needs to be recharged. But we won't discover the blessing of rest and recovery as long as we insist on self-sufficiency. As long as we think we can solve our own problems. And God often permits us to be in situations that rob us of our self-sufficiency so that we can learn how to rest in God it's when we come to the end of self that we are at the beginning of our shepherd he restores our soul he restores our hope he restores our peace he restores our joy he restores our purpose he restores our very life anybody here know what I'm talking about our ability will not keep us, but his loving arms will. Somebody is a witness right now that God can hold you up. That God will support you. You know, I am so amazed by the technology that we have in this world. I'm, it just blows me away. Many of us have navigational systems in our cars or smartphones. Those of you who were born in, in back in the day when I was born... Uh, that stuff has got to amaze you. Because we dreamed of that stuff. It, you know, they had sci-fi, sci, sci you know, stuff that, and that stuff is a reality now. Navigational systems in our cars, smartphones, devices that can take us from where we are to where we want to go. GPS, global positioning systems. Those global positioning systems use satellites that can't be seen that can look down upon the earth and view the entire landscape and tell us where most things are located. Now watch this, if humans can create machines that can see everything, 
then surely the God who created everything and knows the location and destination of everything created, surely he can guide you directly to where he wants you to go. And David wrote, Jehovah Roha guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Man, I got to really break this down. God is our personal navigation system, y'all. Your navigational system in your car can't help me if I'm in my car. Your navigational system is only good for you on your journey in your car. And for my journey in my car, I need my own system. I need a system that's going to tell me where I am and not where you are. I need a system, y'all, that's going to find my current location and not yours. And and the same thing is true in our spiritual lives, that one of the worst things we can do is try to piggyback on somebody else's relationship with God. Just because your mama was saved don't mean that make you saved. Just because she prayed and she loved the Lord, you, listen, uh, Billy Holiday was right. Mama may have and Papa may have, but God blessed the child that got his own. Shepherds care, shepherds cover, shepherds control, shepherds guide, a shepherd guides his sheep because sheep are prone to wander. Did you hear me? Sheep wander, y'all. Sheep will take the wrong route regularly. I mean, they just directionally challenged it. I don't know whose tree I'm barking up right now, but as we look over our lives, you can remember making some wrong turns, some unwise, keep looking straight, some unwise decisions, (coughs) some ill-advised choices. And if given the chance to live our lives over again, many of us would probably not make the same mistakes, missteps, and miscalculations because we know that hindsight is 2020. And in hindsight, we can see that our paths, y'all, to righteousness and abundant life, we can see it more clearly. And yet, here's where you can shout, because the Lord, our shepherd, Jehovah Roha, wants to direct us on the right path in each and every decision. Can I give you something real quickly for free? God can get you back on the path even if you've wandered away. There have been several times. I, you know, as, 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 as small as Cibolo is, I live in Cibolo. Some of y'all know because y'all be calling me talking about, Pastor, I got something for you. I'm going to bring it over. I'll be trying to give you my address. You say, no, don't worry about it. I got to know where you I, And you just show up. I'm like, hmm. All I got to say is keep it to yourself. Anyway, listen. Cibolo has grown so fast. I was driving to Cibolo literally one day on the phone. And I said, you know what? I got to continue this call. Let me just drive around because I know I'm in Cibolo. And I kept driving. And I saw stuff I had never seen before. Stores, gas stations. And all of a sudden, I lost my geography. I, I couldn't see the water towers anymore. And I got lost in Cibolo. And I had to open up my GPS and press home. (laughs) Make one right and two lefts. (laughs) Have you ever been 
That's a familiar place, but have you ever been in an unfamiliar place? With your GPS on. And you still ignored the navigational system and got lost. That's happened to me more than once also, but without fail in my lostness, the navigational system is so remarkable, it did something that is just amazing. Without fail, a computerized voice would come on and say, recalibrate it. And, and there's a pause, just a, a pause as, as the GPS determines where I am uh, relative to where I'm trying to go. And a map, uh, 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 it maps out a brand new route to get me to my destination. Tell the truth, y'all. How many of us have wound up lost in life because we chose to ignore God's direction and go our own way. How many of, of us are guilty of taking directions from the wrong sources, from the wrong people, from the wrong voices? I'm grateful the Lord is Jehovah Roha that even when we get off course, even when we take the wrong turn, even when we lean to our own understanding, even when we make the wrong and willful ways, God does not give up on us, but God will say recalibrating. Because God can recalibrate our location and lead us right back to the path that we're supposed to be on in the first place. Won't he do it? I said, won't he do it? But why? He does it for his name's sake. This means, listen, for his name's sake. It's important that when you pray, you pray in the name of Jesus. Because that doesn't conclude your prayer. That says, I need this done. I'm asking for this. For your name's sake. I, I, I can't remember the, the, the prayers that I prayed. And, and, and I had a friend that tell me this years ago. He said, Ray, you need to say, Lord, do it. For your name's sake. Now, now Ray, you, 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 you dug this hole, but you need to ask God to bring you out. Not because you deserve it, but because his name is on the line. We're we talking about name dropping. Names in the scripture matter. Names represent reputation and character. And to do something for the sake of God's name is to do it for the expansion of God's glory and for the integrity of God's reputation. When you say for your name's sake, you saying, God, your name is on the line for this. God, you said in your word you would do this and you would do that. No wonder Psalms 34 says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I got to break that down. Let us magnify his name together. To magnify something, y'all, is to make it bigger. It's to make it larger. And when we magnify his name, we make it big. Our shepherd controls our journey for his name's sake. You thought you was out there for you. No, you were out there because of his name's sake. His name is on the line. God has to bless you. God has to keep you. God has to heal you. God is obligated to protect you because of his name's sake. Shepherds care. Shepherds cover, shepherds control, but then fourthly, shepherds comfort. 
Yea, though I walk. I'm in King James, old school King James version. Sometimes you got to go old school. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I got to stop right there because here, here it is. I, I'm, I'm sorry to be the one to tell you I got this assignment, but, but I got to drop this truth that if you live long enough, a valley is on your agenda. Whether we translate it literally or metaphorically, a valley is a low place between two mountains. It's often a place of vulnerability. It's a place of desperation. It's a place of risk. Things that seek to derail you or harm you in some way often lurks in the shadows. And yet David assures us in this song that even in the valley of the shadow of death, Jehovah Rohi, gives comfort how through his presence with his rod and his staff can I talk to you for a moment because most everyone we know wants to live on the mountaintop we love mountaintop experiences somebody got a vacation plan this week and you go and you gonna take pictures you can't ski but you gonna be at the ski lodge Take a picture of us. It's going to be on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Is there some more out there? Don't. You name it. Everybody is posting mountaintop experiences. Seldom do you see people posting dreadful and desire. I had a flat. But every now and then we got y'all that need sympathy. Like you're the only one had a flat tire. But we'll post all that stuff talking about I'm living my best life. Because y'all, most of us want to project to others and, 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 and uh, that we are always living on the mountaintop. Y'all know what the mountaintop is, don't you? The mountaintop is when your health is good. Mountaintop is when your food is good. Mountaintop is when your family is good and when your money is good and your faith is good. On the mountaintop, it's all good. You feel as though you are on top of the world living your best life. But here's one thing you got to remember about mountaintops. You can't go from mountaintop to mountaintop without a valley. Because mountains are always separated by valleys. And yet, even though valleys are inevitable in life, there's good news for everybody who's listening to me right now. A valley just reminds us that we just left one mountain, and just as we've left one mountain, guess what? There's another mountain ahead. Can I get a witness? And that's why David wrote, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he didn't write, even though I sit down in the valley. He didn't write, even though I... I'm riding through the valley. He, he, he didn't write even though I discouraged in the valley or, or, or even though I give up in the valley. He wrote, I'm going through it. Y'all need to go with me now. 
that, that, that ought to be everybody's commitment and affirmation that as you join in this worship experience right now, you ought to say to yourself, your soul, and your situation that I'm just going through it. And listen, in order to get to the next mountain, you've got to go through the valley. You need to keep going. Listen, if you're in the valley, just keep going because the only way to get out is to go through. Ah, somebody ought to encourage your neighbor right now and say, just go through it. You ought to encourage your neighbor right now and say, keep going. Tell them, don't stop and won't stop and I can't quit. When God needs us to go through the valley where things are dark and things are uncertain, where we want to give up and throw in the towel and quit, just remember that God does some of his best work in the dark. Can I get a witness? God guides us in the dark and desperate, difficult moments. And when he guides us through that stuff, we can actually see God more clearly because we are able to focus on God more intently. That means that God, listen, will help you even when you feel afraid, even when you feel anxious. David says, I'm not denying the reality of the shadow of death. In fact, I'm affirming that no matter how it looks in the valley, in spite of how it feels in the valley, or how foreboding the sense of dread is in the valley, don't surrender because the shepherd is with us to comfort us. I need somebody to shout one more time, won't he do it? Even in the valley, he will. His solution to despair and discouragement. I'm, I'm almost through. Jehovah Roha, the Lord is my shepherd. Valleys are dark places. But the shepherd's rod and staff brings comfort and care. He uses his rod to fend off enemies. But he uses the staff to pull the sheep out of dangers or the thickets that he gets caught in. You, because you're safer in the dark with God than anywhere else without him. In fact, you're better off in a bad place with God than, you, than what you think is a good place without God. So, so all you got to do is just keep going and, and don't throw in the towel and don't give up. God has your back. But there's more. Because he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And then you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Y'all got to get this. Here, here's a good one. Here's a good one. You got to get this one right here. Someone said it like this, that, that vengeance is not God punishing your enemies. Vengeance is God allowing your enemies to persevere so that he could put them in close proximity where they can watch you win in spite of what they did to you. Oh, somebody didn't get that. Somebody didn't get that. Your enemy's punishment is that they got to watch you win. They didn't like you. They couldn't stand you. They couldn't stand you horseback or riding. But, and so they did some stuff to you. Don't you get try to get back at them. You just let God continue to bless you. And God will put them in the position so they got to watch you getting blessed. You didn't post nothing, but they watching you. You didn't say nothing, you, but they watching you. You ain't putting no press release out, but they were watching you. In fact, when you did post something, they didn't like it, but they was watching. They, 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 they didn't give you no uh, yeah, emojis, but they were watching. Don't you think they ain't watching? 
It's in the presence of your enemies, your haters, that God prepares your table. God is bigger than any enemy you face. Young people, you better hear me. You ain't got to be in with the crowd. They might be popular now. Ah, God knows how to give good in a bad situation. God can make a way when there is no way, even when we're in an adversarial situation. But watch this. Hold on. I ain't through yet. He anoints my head with oil. Oil is both medicinal and protective. Because the lambs would get to wandering off and they would get stuck in those the, the, the thorns and, and the thickets and, and the oil, they'd have to come back to bring some healing to their wounds. But also oils made it more difficult for predators to get a hold on them because oil made them greasy. I'm sorry, that's the best word I could come up with. Yeah, y'all don't hear, oil made them greasy. And that's the function of the Holy Spirit in your life is it, to provide for you some medicinal qualities uh, so that you can be uh, healed from some stuff, but also some protective qualities so that when the enemy tries to grab you, the enemy can't because you're greasy. I need some folk that believe that they've been oiled. You got, look, look at your neighbor and say, you got some oil on you. You got some, ah, you oily. I'm almost through. I promise, I promise, I promise. I'm almost through. But then my cup overflows. I'm preaching for about 25 minutes and they gave me all this water. I got more than enough. And in fact, I, I got so much that I could even... It overflows. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm sorry, I got some on you. I'm sorry, I got some on you. God doesn't just give you enough. He'll give you more than enough. Second Corinthians says, God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed in every situation. Y'all, I'm trying to finish this sermon. Here's how I get to the close. Because he says, surely. He could have said, hopefully. But he said, surely. He could have said, possibly. But he said, surely. He could have said, perhaps. But he concludes with, surely. That's the King James Version. But then the East Side San Antonio Version says, show enough. And that brings me to my last stop. Because shepherds care. Shepherds cover. Shepherds control. Shepherds comfort. But shepherds continue. Because he says, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever goodness and mercy 
are like sheep dogs. The job of a sheep dog is to protect the lambs from predators and keep them headed in the right direction. And he says, goodness and mercy will follow me. C.C. Winan said that your goodness is running after me. Goodness and mercy are like a tag team. When one jumps out of the ring, the other jumps in the ring. So you can have V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. Somebody ought to shout victory. Goodness and mercy follows us. And there's a few people who I've invited here today that have a long track record of goodness and mercy making things right. Can I call them up on stage real quick? Can I call them up on stage real quick? Come here, Moses. Come here, Noah. Come here, Shadrach, Meshach. But Noah, I want you to start first. How did you survive a catastrophic flood? Sail for 140 days in a boat made out of gopher wood, put together by a group of amateurs. Ray, it was tough. The storm kept on raging. The rain was torrential. The waves were high. The animals were smelling. The boat was rocking. But goodness and mercy followed me on board. And somehow I made it. What about you, Brother Joseph? You were favored by your father, but hated by your brothers. You got thrown into a pit, stripped of your robe, sold into slavery, imprisoned unjustly, forgotten by the butler, ignored by the baker. How did you survive? Going from the pit to Potiphar's house, through the prison all the way to the palace. Well, Ray, I made it because of goodness and mercy were following me. What about you, Moses? Pharaoh's army pursued you. The children of Israel complained against you. The waters of the sea were leapt up in front of you. And yet somehow you survived. How did you do it? It was goodness and mercy. They formed a construction crew and built a highway in the middle of the heart of the sea, allowing us to walk through wet places on dry ground. How about you, David? Come here for a moment. You were ostracized. You were outmatched, ill-equipped, inexperienced facing a giant and yet you got the victory how did you do it Ray it was because of goodness and because of mercy you see mercy gave me a slingshot and goodness gave me a rock and together we got the victory from Goliath I got three more and I'm gonna let you go Shadrach Meshach and Abednego, y'all refused to bow and they tied you up, threw you into a fiery furnace. You should have been cremated, 
but somehow you survived. How did you do it? Well, we made it because they threw us in and goodness and mercy followed us in. Goodness and mercy built a shield around us. Goodness and mercy made it so the flames couldn't hurt us. Goodness and mercy untied us and allowed us to walk free in the fiery furnace. I gotta go now. Y'all, I'm through. I hope you were blessed. But I got one more guess. He was here before we got here. His name is Jesus. Hey, tell us one more time the resurrection story. Well, Ray, you know, I was hunted by Herod. I was smuggled into Africa, denied by a friend, betrayed by a buddy, beaten by the soldiers, mocked by the crowd. I was discarded by Pilate. I was rejected by Herod. I was nailed to a cross. I was pierced in the side and I died one Friday and I stayed dead all Friday night and I stayed dead. Yes, I did. How did you get the victory, Jesus? Well, here's what happened. Goodness and mercy followed me all Friday night, but goodness and mercy was with me all day Saturday and all Saturday night. But early Sunday morning, I got up, goodness rolled the stone away. Mercy sat on top of the tomb and God raised me up with all power in his hands. I gotta go y'all, but is there anybody here who's glad for goodness and mercy? Yeah, goodness and mercy have been following me. You ought to tell somebody, that's how I made it. That's how I kept from going crazy. That's how I survived. Yeah, I've been through too much to turn around now. I've been sick, I've been afflicted, I've been down, but his goodness and his mercy keep on following me. Hey, all my life you've been faithful. All my life you've been so good. And with every breath that I'm able, I'm gonna sing to the goodness. Hey, 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 hallelujah, hallelujah, hey. Come on and give him praise. Oh, you wanna act like you by yourself. And God just reminded you how you got out that last situation. Give him praise. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for one more day. Thank you for one more moment. Goodness. 
goodness, your mercy. Hallelujah. The only reason I'm qualified to stand in this pulpit it's not because I've been to seminary, college, school, or whatever. I studied theology. I learned how to interpret scripture. I learned how to exegete the word. I learned a little bit about eschatology. A lot of other words that I can't spell and y'all can't pronounce. I'm here because of his goodness and mercy. And guess what? That's the reason why you're here. Can I, can I, can I, can I just give you something I believe God gave me to give to you? Be faithful to God because he's been faithful to you. I encourage you to do that. This assembly right now is more powerful than you would ever believe. Every church that's gathered in the, in the world, wherever they are, if they are, if God's presence is there, God's power is there, it's the most powerful thing on earth. And when you join in the assembly of God with the people of God, you are a participant in that power. Let me tell you how powerful it is. It's literally expanding the kingdom. You know, that, that's what we're placed here for, to expand the kingdom. We're taking back what the devil stole. And God has assigned you and me as soldiers in his, in his army. In the army of the Lord. And we've got all the right tools. We have everything we need to be victorious. Now, that's the spiritual side. But on the physical side, you ought to be living in victory in your personal life. Because God knows that you can't be helping to expand the kingdom if you're down, struggling, and suffering. But you can't get up because you're not using the right tools. You need to read Psalm 23 one more time. He's my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I did my best today to explain this. I hope that it blessed you. But more than that, I hope it changed you. I know for me it did, it does. Wherever you are right now, stand on your feet wherever you are right now. My brother, my sister, just stand right now. I want everyone to help us with this. Somebody right now is about to make a decision. You have been attending resurrection and today is your day to stop just being a mere attender, a member. You know what? 
I don't even know if they still have this commercial. American Express used to say membership has its privileges. It really does. And I, I, I want you to know, you need the church. First of all, Christ died for it. And if he died for it, 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 was, it meant that much to him that he would die for it. That's what he left. He left the church. You need the church, and guess what? The church needs you. The disciples were a mess when Jesus died. Got up from the cross, and then even when he left, the Holy Spirit came down and empowered them to be witnesses. You shall be witnesses. And he says, go into all the nations. Acts version says you'll be witnesses after the power of the Holy Ghost has come upon you everywhere the power of the Holy Spirit if you're saved already the power of the Holy Spirit is in you you just need to allow him to do his thing for you see you may not always be filled with the Holy Spirit I understand that but he's still in you how do you think you got motivated to come to church today after all you did last night. Keep looking straight. Keep looking straight. You got up, put on some clothes, and you came to church. That was the Holy Spirit moving in your mind. And guess what? I helped because I prayed. I, I could see some of your faces as I, was, as I was praying. I said, Lord, let that person, let him be motivated to come to church. To hear a word from you. Move me out of the way. And now the word is commitment. That word is commitment. Will you trust God today and say, Pastor, today is my day to commit. I want to be a member. I want to be a part. I want to be a full-fledged member. I want membership. Unlike Gold's Gym, we won't send you a bill when you don't show up. got real quiet. Y'all know y'all got the memberships, y'all. I'm a member over at Gold's Gym. I just ain't there. Amen. We need you and we're joining with you and believing with you. We're, we're trusting God with you. We're in agreement. God has an assignment on your life. Will you trust him right now? We want to come and assist you in that. If that's you, my friend, come on, wherever you are. Will you trust him? The song says, the Lord is my shepherd. Listen to the words. The Lord is my shepherd. He goes before me. Defender behind Would you come? Bless you, brother. Bless you, brother. I won't fear. Who else will trust him? Listen. My cup's overflowing. My cup. My cup. No weapon can harm. 
Hallelujah. Giving in your giving, 
it's time to give. And so we invite you now, we invite you now uh, to take out your phone and text, text RBC1 to 77977 and give uh, back to God where he is so graciously uh, given unto you. You can do it electronically um, or you may drop it off uh, on your way out or mail it in to our shirts campus. Amen. Amen. Do we have a good time in worship today? What an awesome, what an awesome, awesome youth Sunday it was. Can we give another hand clap of praise for our youth? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, so very proud of you all. So very proud of you all. So grateful, so grateful that we um, are at a church, as our pastor said, that is youth friendly. Uh, so grateful that we have a pastor uh, that has a heart uh, for our youth and is willing to give them this stage to serve God, um, to do all that God has called them to do. And we are grateful uh, that God continues to pour into him and to strengthen him and continue to lead us in this dynamic series, I Am a Name Dropper. Amen? Amen. And so uh, because we've had such a great time in this series, once again, we invite you uh, on your way out uh, to grab a T-shirt. Um, so that you may market this series. It is a marketing tool, right? If somebody will ask you, where'd you get that shirt? You can tell them I got it from the church I go to. Resurrection, you ought to come join me one Sunday, amen? So on your way out, I'll grab a t-shirt. They are $20. Uh, there's a table right outside in the lobby, okay? Um, there's also registration for our Women's Emphasis Weekend. Women's Emphasis Weekend is right around the corner. And so all you lovely ladies that stood up at the top of the service, we invite you to go out in the lobby and register for that weekend. Uh, what a great time that we believe it will be. All right, because it's Youth Sunday, uh, is Damari still here? Damari still here? Cool, because it's Youth Sunday, I want to take a quick moment. We have a young man, Damari Dennis. Stand up real quick, Damari. Damari Dennis, uh, he is a, a basketball player at uh, Veterans Memorial. And he just uh, signed a letter of intent, full ride basketball scholarship to Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Come on, come on. Surely, goodness and mercy have followed him all the days of his life. And so we thank God for that. Thank God for him. Uh, let's continue to pray for him. Uh, we won't tell Texas A&M that you got beat by your pastor in a basketball game. They might rescind that scholarship, so we'll, we'll keep that in-house, all right? No, no, we thank God for you, man. We, uh, we'll be praying for you and know that God has even greater things in store for you. Amen? Amen. Let us, let us stand as we get ready to dismiss. Dismiss. We're going to have our uh, statement on the board. Okay. All right, let us, let us bow in prayer. Father God, we thank you once again for what our ears have heard, for what our hearts have felt. Thank you, oh God, for just the opportunity and the privilege to gather together again one more time in your name. Thank you, God, for being um, our shepherd, uh, the good shepherd who has continued to keep us and to lead us and to guide us. We ask now, God, that you would hide this word in our hearts, oh God, that this week that we would walk forth in victory, um, knowing, God, that you got us, 
all the way. We thank you, God. We love you, and we honor you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and that's all these things. And everybody said amen. 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 amen.